Blog Talk Radio. If it's smooth jazz, then the Jazz Queen and Mike Reynolds are talking about it on Talking Smooth Jazz. The smoothest show on internet radio. Your host, the Jazz Queen and Mike Reynolds. Welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz, where you meet the artists. My name is Terry, a.k.a. the Jazz Queen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Joe from Germany, he is the first person in the chat room. Hey, Joe, welcome to the show. Good to see you. If you would like to join us in the chat room, please go to TalkingSmoothJazz.com and click on Leonard Dozier's picture that will bring you into the show page, and below that is the chat room. The phone number is 646-716-5485, 646-716-5485. Accomplished. This single word uh, not only accurately depicts Leonard's nearly 20 years as an actor, singer, writer, and producer, but it also depicts the totality of his life. Leonard's upcoming release, The Soul of a Pisces, is an adult contemporary R&B soul smooth jazz tinged project scheduled for release on April 20th. Leonard Dozier, welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. Thank you, Terry. I'm glad to be with you. We're happy to have you here. Now, as I mentioned, Leonard is not only a singer and a soul writer, but he's an actor and a voiceover talent, and we will talk to him about that. And he does a spot-on, spot-on impersonation of President Obama. I have a clip (laughs) for that for you to hear. You've got to stick around to hear that. It's spot-on, I'm telling you. I listened to it, Leonard, just before the show started. I was like, oh, sounds so much like President Obama. (laughs) Oh, I mean, dead on, dead on. Yes, it was good. It was good. So I will play that in a little bit. So, um, Leonard has a is is releasing a new CD called "The Soul of a Pisces," and um, this is uh, uh, what is this your fourth fourth release? Actually, yeah, my fourth uh, full length release, and uh, the last one was five years ago. That was called Vitamin L, and uh, okay. so it's been a five year. Uh, five-year break in between. Okay. All right. And we are giving away three CDs to the first three people that show up in the chat room. So Joe from Germany, you've received a CD. He's the first person in the chat room. So I will get with you um, after the show with an address to get that to you. So congratulations to Joe from Germany. All right, Leonard, tell us about the soul of a Pisces. Yeah. I mean, true to the, uh, the album's title, I mean, it, it's uh, reflective of, I think, all that it means to be, for those Zodiac lovers out there, uh, all that it means to be a Pisces. And, uh, uh, and one, one thing I can say, being a Pisces, is we're, we're spiritual, we're romantic, we're inspirational. Um, Pisces are very comfortable explore, exploring the optimistic and uh, uh, also what may seemingly be to others uh, pessimistic because uh, there's that duality of both fishes, uh, uh, if that makes sense. So, and I think the music is reflective of that. That's why you hear a song like Karma that really talks about uh, uh, the, the impact of, of uh, or the negative impact of, of uh, consequences. And then you have a song that's, that's uh, powerfully uplifting and optimistic, like nothing sweeter. Um, so I think the, the entire album, Terry, takes you on a, um, what I hope listeners get from it is, a spiritual journey, uh, just as much as a uh, uh, an entertainment journey. It, it's very much a spiritual journey from one song to the next. Okay. Now, how, when did you start writing? Yeah, I uh, you know the the album has taken two years to complete. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started about two and a half years ago. Um, I, I just mentioned the song Karma. It, in fact, Karma I wrote last summer. Um, but okay. then I go to uh, You Are a Star, which is on the album, and You Are a Star was one of the first uh, songs I recorded for the album, and that was recorded about two and a half years ago. In fact, I was, uh, I was starring in uh, Fences uh, in Central PA, and uh, on an off night, I wrote You Are a Star. <laughs> so, hmm. uh, yeah, about, about two and a half years ago. Okay. Now, um, initially, as a singer and a songwriter, um, I remember you telling me that you wrote music for your mother. How old were you then? I was 13. <laughs> I was 13. My mother was uh, was uh, an aspiring gospel singer, and, and she had uh, 
uh, gone so far, Terry, as to uh, obtain management, and she was recording, and, and I started writing songs for her. Um, and, and I, interestingly enough at the time, I mean, I, I was someone who was very interested in pursuing a basketball career, um, mm-hmm. but I did write, you know, I did write songs for my mother and, uh, uh, that kind of parlayed into, uh, this, this real love affair with songwriting. So I always think of myself, um, truth be told as a songwriter first and a singer second. So as a songwriter, what do you think makes a good song? That's a great question, um, because I think in today's uh, contemporary pop uh, pop culture uh, society, um, songs are uh, the business as a whole has, has pretty much decided that songs are about you know being catchy and, and 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 hooking people within thirty seconds. And I think what makes a great song, um, obviously, I, I think what what does that is the melody. I think it starts with with a great melody, uh, a melody that's obviously memorable that stays with you, but um, with that being said, lyrically, I, I feel like contemporary songwriting has gotten away from strong lyrics. So melodies are probably as strong as they were uh-huh. uh, 40, 50 years ago. Does that make sense? Um, yes, but, yes. But, but lyrically, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, if you, you listen to somebody like Stevie Wonder and Songs in the Key of Life or, or any of his great albums of the 70s, I go back to... Uh, the days of Motown with, with you know, Dozier, Holland Dozier and Smokey Robinson, some of the great songwriters. One of my favorites is James Taylor. Um, lyrics are, are really strong attributes of these writers. And that's something I'm very, very, very attuned to as a songwriter being as lyrically strong as I am melodically. Now, as a 13 year old writing for your mother um, and thinking about writing music for the soul of a Pisces, what did you learn, looking back at at being 13 and writing songs for your mother, what techniques or what did you learn then that you put into the soul of a Pisces? Well, what I learned (laughs) first and foremost is that uh, I wasn't really very good at 13. Um, So (laughs) that's the first thing. Um, But I, I think the thing that transfers to uh, this experience, Terry, is the sense of words. I've always had the ability um, to to utilize words, put words together, understanding rhyme schemes and rhyme concepts, which are so important to poetry and songwriting. So I've always had this uh, aptitude with words. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that just comes, you know, that quite honestly, that came from being someone who was very interested in English in school and in grammar and, and words and creative writing. And the like, so that that stayed with me. And of course, over the years, my uh, uh, my my craftsmanship has gotten better. But I think I always had that sense of uh, knowing how to use words and 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 the power of words, ultimately. And you've never had any formal training on songwriting. Yeah, actually, I did. I actually took uh, okay. I took a summer course uh, for songwriting, and one of the things I learned uh, this was like in my mid-teen years. Um, one of the things I learned about songwriting, uh, interestingly enough, was obviously the verse hook structure, verse hook bridge structure, yeah. learning yeah. Um, how to, you know, the other thing too is, I mean, learning how to take, you know, something like the AABA scheme and then actually uh, on one song and then on another song have what is known as a title song where uh, the title is really the hook. Um, so just learning to learning different formats within songwriting Um so that uh, all of your songs don't sound the same structurally, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then also learning rhyme schemes, learning what a perfect rhyme is uh, versus an imperfect rhyme and how uh, you, know, you can really use both uh, within the confines of the song. And then certainly learning, I think it all came together for me, Terry, when I, when I learned melody. And, and I always had, you know, with that being said, I also always had a strong ear for melody. Okay. Um, you know, you know. I remember early on, uh, one of my early collaborators said to me, "He said, man, Leonard, you you just have a way with a ballad." Um, and I mean, I was probably 16 or 17, but I so I've always had uh, this ability, uh, particularly um, with with uh, with ballads. So, how old were you when you started uh, formally training with songwriting? I was 16. Yep. So 16 at 13. But at 13, you didn't know any of that. So you're writing music for your mother at 13. So exactly. how, how were you? So how were you putting a song together? 
Well, you know, I think part of it came from just listening to music. Um, just, yeah, you know, okay. I, I, I was somebody that was a, I was a very precocious young man. So think about yeah. this for a second. At 11 years old, 12 years old, I was listening to people like Luther Vandross and Freddie Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was listening to the Winans. I was listening to, I was listening to, you know, older, more seasoned artists, Stevie Wonder, I mentioned earlier. Uh, Bill Withers was somebody, I mean, he's somebody that I, I've really been influenced by as a singer-songwriter. Um, so, and I guess by osmosis, Terry, to answer your question, I kind yeah. of picked up an ear for what, you know, at least some of the ingredients, if not all, at least some of the ingredients that that, uh, that go into making good, a good song. Now, of course, this wasn't refined until I was about 16 and has been okay. even more refined now, 20 years later, obviously. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think just fundamentally i mean i i it, it it felt as if i was born with this sense of um it, it, at least some of the ingredients as to uh as to songwriting but of course it had to be refined as it as it got you know in, in later years okay all right so now um i was looking at your facebook page one of your many facebook pages today and saw <laughs> A picture of you with a guitar in your hand. Now, I didn't know you played the guitar, so how long have you been playing? Yeah, I picked up the guitar about two, three years ago. So, you know, this is this is really something that has happened over the last couple of years. Um, and I picked up the, the guitar because um, a lot of my songs, particularly for Soul of a Pisces, um, were, were starting, if you will, from an acoustic standpoint. And I realized that, um, and I took much more of a lead with this project in not only writing the music, but producing the album. And Mm -hmm. I realized that in in order to dictate to the musicians exactly what I wanted, that I needed to to really pick up the guitar. I mean, I I had some facility with the keyboard already, but... uh, I wanted to to pick up the guitar a little and and just you know and 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 I'm not an aficionado on guitar but uh, I wanted to be able to pick up the, the guitar to play uh, the melodies as I heard them um, so that I could dictate to my musicians exactly uh, what I want you know what I wanted played. And now, are you playing on the soul of a Pisces? Actually, no. Um, I, I said no. to in fact I said to one of my my uh, <laughs> my producers I said no. Um, this, this record, this record needs to be as good as it can be. And, uh, uh, once I get to, uh, <laughs> once I get to the kind of skill on guitar that I have as a vocalist, then I'll be ready to play. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, I, but I will say, I, I will say it did help. Um, it did help, you know, the guys, you know, Michael Downing and Daniel Fordham and, uh, Jamie Myerson, these are some of some, uh, some of the musicians I worked with, um, and it really helped them um, uh, in terms of, of crafting the tunes and, and being co-producers on some of the songs. It, it really helped them to have my musicianship involved on the project. Okay, okay, all right, cool. Well, let's take a listen to some music from the soul of a Pisces. I'm going to start with "She Drives Me Crazy." Tell me about this one. Oh, it, it, listen, anybody, uh, in fact, Jamie Myerson, who I just mentioned, uh, he played, uh, played guitar uh, on, the, on the album, and he said to me, if you don't know this song from the late 80s, early 90s, uh, you should just quit music. Or, in fact, I think he even went so far as to say you shouldn't be on this planet, um, because it was a big, big hit by the Fine, uh, fine Young Cannibals. Um, I remember it fondly from my youth. And when I thought about this album, I really wanted um, a summary uh, you know, gets you in the mood for summer, pop, soul, uh, rock-ish uh, song for the album, just to kind of veer slightly in a, in a different direction. Uh, and this song, I, I've always heard me giving uh, a very different take on, on what the Fine Young Cannibals did, even though they, they did a phenomenal job uh, on the original song. But I always heard my voicing uh, of the song, and... Uh, uh, and it led to what you uh, what you have now. All right, I'm talking to Leonard Dozier. He's his upcoming release, The Soul of a Pisces, is scheduled for release on April 20th. And this is she.
my chair. She drives me crazy. That is from Linda Dozier's upcoming release, The Soul of a Pisces. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, you know, and it's in, it's interesting as I listen to the uh, the one thing your listeners uh, may want to know. I think one of the differences between this version and the original version is if you listen to the last uh, eight bars of uh, uh, this version, uh, it did not exist in the original. So that was an add-on. We added that vamp mm. on to really uh, to really just make it a little more groovy towards the end. And uh, uh, you know, that's just kind of that's one of the ways in which I uh, uh, reinterpreted this song. Oh, okay. Now, um, I also read on your page a review from Sheila Towns. Tell me, tell us a little bit about her and how you know her. Yeah, you know, I, so I went to Fordham University in New York City uh, to study theater, and and uh, in my youth, I uh, Sheila was somebody I would meet um, uh, at the Performing Arts Library, which, for those of you that know Midtown New York is located in the Lincoln Center area. And in fact, I attended the Lincoln Center campus of Fordham. In fact, Denzel Washington went to Fordham University, um, just to kind of throw a name out there. But uh, uh, Sheila would, would uh, frequent the library, and, and we would just have this, we would have these interesting conversations. I didn't know this woman from a can of paint, and, uh, but I, you know, I came to discover that she was from London, and she had said to me uh, one day, and this is after we had gotten to uh, know each other a little bit uh, over over a couple of month period. Um, she said, "You know, you're on a collision course course with stardom." And I said, "I was just like, what does that mean?" And and uh, and you know, long story short, um, she's kind of kept up with me over the years. She's a just a feisty young, and I call her young, even though she's in her early 80s, because she has this really young spirit, and she. She just loves the arts um, and loves to write, and, and occasionally, whenever I'm, particularly when I'm releasing new music, she'll, uh, she, you know, she'll give a little review, and that's really, uh, Terry, um, what the review you saw earlier is about. You know, she heard the album and said, you know, I'd love to write something. Um, please let me. And I said, sure. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's how that came about. Just, uh, and she's back in London, uh, London doing all she can now, literally, to... Uh, to promote it, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. Well, she wrote about the soul of a Pisces. She said, if music tells the story, the soul of a Pisces is a deep and enigmatic one filled with romance, hurt, reflection, and inspiration. More importantly, it defies genre simply because of Dozier's commitment to writing great songs regardless of genre. And it was a, an extensive mm-hmm. review, but um, I, I picked that part because she really kind of honed in there on the CD, but that was a great review she wrote. Really nice. Yeah, and, and it was just, um, and, and she's not, and, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll go so far as to admit this, she is not, um, she's, she's never really been a professional writer. Um, I know mm-hmm. she's always, even going back to my days at Fordham, she always loved the arts. As I said, she was always at the Performing Arts Library, so she loved the arts and has taken in her retirement years to just writing more about the arts, and, and whenever I come up come out with something musically she's there and uh, I was like you Terry I was really blown away with her her article because I said whoa um, she just encapsulated it as you said uh, uh, quite beautifully yeah. Now, will you be putting that on your website for uh, people to read? Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, <laughs> okay. you know, knowing my ma- knowing my manager, he'll probably have it up uh, in ten ten seconds. Uh, okay. So. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, if you would like to read the full review from Sheila Towns, visit LeonardDozier.com, D-O-Z-I-E-R, and look for that uh, review. It's really nice. Really nice. All right. Let's get into another song, and then I want to talk to you about your acting career. Um, sure. Fight us all. Tell me about this one. Oh wow, wow, wow! Um, this is very personal, very, very, very personal to me. Um, my, uh, we all, all of us know someone um, who's been affected by cancer. Um, who's we, we know people we've lost via cancer. Um, my own wife actually um, had uh, a cancer diagnosis uh, in 2007, and uh, I mean she's you know she's she's clear now. Um, and, and a lot of my good buddies in the past couple of years, in fact, one really good buddy of mine has bronchial cancer today and, uh, fight us all really speaks to that sense of, of galvanization among human beings. And, and, and particularly as it comes to cancer, us saying, you know, we're going to stand up to cancer and it may take one of us out, but it can't take us all out. 
Um, yeah. And it and it's really a it's really a call to action, Terry. It's a call to it, it it's a call to action for all of us as human beings to stand with each other and really fight this uh, this very fatal disease. And as you know, Leonard, my mother passed from cancer, and so Absolutely. I uh, yes, yeah, so I appreciate you for putting this writing this song and um, putting it on the CD. This is called Fight Us All.
us all. That is from Leonard's upcoming release, The Soul of a Pisces. Um, okay. All right. Um, let me welcome to the chat room, Ollie J. Welcome, Ollie. Uh, we are giving away three CDs from uh, Leonard's new release to the first three people in the chat room. So Ollie is the second person, so he wins a CD. Congratulations, Ollie. Congratulations to you. So I will touch base with you, Ollie, after the show to get your um, information. Okay, Leonard, let's talk about your acting career. You know, it's funny because um, <laughs> last night I was thinking he, he's an actor, he's a voiceover talent, a singer-songwriter, and then I saw the guitar in your hand, and I'm like, you're like a... a <laughs> Jack of all trades. You're like a uh, you're like a Jamaican. You have like a hundred million jobs, man. You know, just <laughs> you got all these careers going on all at the same time. Well, you know, I told I I did a press interview actually earlier today uh, in support of the album, and I told the uh, the writer I said uh, I think I have like artistic ADHD. Um, so maybe so maybe that uh, kind of explains it a little bit. Oh my gosh! Okay, so let's start with the acting. How did you get into acting? What 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 was your motivation? Oh well, you know, again, I, I alluded to the fact earlier that I had my uh, sights set on being a professional basketball player. You know, if you meet me, I'm a guy that's about six four, so uh, that would mm-hmm. totally make sense. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sophomore year of high school, um, my principal, and I was a very good student, and I was called upon to do a lot of things. My principal uh, asked me to recite Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech at a, uh, at a Dr. King commemoration uh, on, uh, on his birthday at a church. And uh, I knew nothing about acting. I just knew that I didn't want to get up there and recite the speech because I thought anybody could do that. So I, I studied King for about two weeks, and um, – I'll never forget it. Uh, I, I delivered that uh, that speech in front of about 800 people, got a standing ovation, and uh, that kind of lit the fuse. Um, I went back to my principal and I said, "Listen, I think I want to study acting. Um, my folks have no money. Um, how can I? You know, is there anything that uh, the school can do?" Uh, and sure enough, Terry, he petitioned the board of education to pay for my acting classes. Wow. And, uh, I think, I mean, that's unheard of. Um, you probably couldn't get a board of education to do that today for anybody. Um, no. So I, I was, uh, no, <laughs> right. So mm-hmm. I was uh, very fortunate and uh, uh, the board of education paid for acting classes. And even while I, I was taking acting classes, I was getting cast in you know, community theater productions. And, uh, uh, and, and, and Terry, these were community theaters that were casting you know, actors who had been very seasoned, uh, adult actors, and a lot of times I was getting the roles that they would have gotten. Um, so it was, you know, once again, that sense of God just instilling uh, this gift in me that, um, that of course, I had to refine through training. And uh, that was the beginning of my, uh, my acting career. Wow. Now, um, what kind of roles do you prefer to play? You know, I started out in theater. Um, most of my acting work has been in theater, um, and, but, but in recent years, I've been doing more film. Um, in 2012, I uh, portrayed Richard Allen, who is the founder of the AME Church. Um, very, 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 very well regarded. Uh, the AME Church has 2.5 million members today, and uh, I started as Allen in, in an episode called Fever, which was um, about the yellow fever of 1793, and, and uh, the show won an Emmy. Um, so the show won an Emmy. I was I was one of the uh, the, the leads in the show, and um, and I guess to answer your question, I probably prefer um, I probably prefer theater, but but I feel like with film, you know, I uh, I did a movie last year called Face Poria that will be on DVD pretty soon, and what I find with film is that it's I, I'm a, I'm very much a hyper realistic kind of person, so um, I much prefer to really be in a cafe than the pretend cafe on stage. Um, so, you know, for, okay. for any, you know, any, any, any acting, uh, uh, any actors out there, acting enthusiasts, um, the, the hyper reality of film kind of better suits my sensibilities because I know that uh, in a movie, I'm really in a restaurant. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas on stage, we've got this mock restaurant if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's, and it's an infinitesimal thing, but, but I love both, but film is, uh, 
film keeps you as an actor, it keeps you still and very grounded. You know, even my, my acting students, I always tell them the film, you can't, uh, you can't act, you have to be. And I prefer as an actor to not have to act. I would just rather be. Um, okay. and, and, and film lends itself to that. In fact, I, one of the quotes I live by as an actor is I, I don't care about acting. I care more about showing people glimpses of themselves. Hmm, interesting, interesting. Now, is there a role that you would not play? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, probably. Um, you know, I, I tend, and, I, and, and this is not to disparage any groups because I have no um, personal prejudice or bias, but uh, um, I, have, I, I have been turning down, um, you know, I have been turning down some roles which, you know, require me to be in, in uh, same-sex relationships. Um, and that, that is not me saying I have any aversion to, um, to, to those who are involved in same-sex relationships because actually I, I am uh, completely supportive and have friends who are. Um, but that's kind of my threshold as an actor, if that makes sense, that I, I tend to, uh, at least I've turned down a couple of uh, roles uh, just within the past year in that regard. Okay. Okay. So now, um, hmm, I have so many questions here to ask you as an actor. Uh, in which area would you like to improve as an actor? Yeah, you know, um, I, I think, what I'd, I'd like to, here's the thing, I'd really like to, that's an interesting question, Terry, because as an actor, I'm always cast in like really ultra dramatic roles um, in which I'm really powerful and really demanding and really, in some cases, angry. And, and uh, uh, so I play these really intense dramatic roles and, and um, it would be nice to, uh, to do a little more comedy, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. um, it, would, okay. it, it would be nice to, uh, uh, to, to be lighter. Um, but I'm always kind of, uh, uh and, and on top of that, Terry, I, I, you know, I, I have an actress friend. She always says, you know, Leonard, you're like the real, like the nicest guy, but you play all of these like mean, mean spirited, violent kind of guys. Um, so I don't know what that's about, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> mm. But 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 and, but <laughs> and are those are those the toughest characters for you to change into? No, and that's I think that's what uh, I think that's kind of to a point that it seems so believable, like it's so. And, it, mm. and for me, it's very. Um, you know, I, I remember doing a uh, piece a few years ago called Heartbreaker at the Eugene O'Neill in Connecticut, which is a nationally renowned theater. And uh, um, I played this really. If you think Denzel was rough in Training Day. Um, this character Ooh, yes. I played was a very nasty. He was he was akin to what you saw of Denzel because I played this really um, kind of dragnet cop to start the first act, and then in the second act, this guy became Denzel in Training Day, essentially. Um, and uh, I heard I heard somebody from the audience yell out "prick," and uh, <laughs> you know, I said, "Okay, that's you know." And I, you know, what's, what's great about theaters, you know, you have people talk to you. And I mean, mm-hmm. I, and I always have because of the because of the characters I play. I mean, people from the audience are talking to me and calling me names. And sometimes, if they see me after a show, you know, they're they're getting on me. You know, I, I love doing Raisin in the Sun because you know I've always had women come up to me after the show, and you know they they would just just beat me down. You know, you you know you, you know you you something else. That's what they would say to me. You you something else as Walter Lee. Don't you know better? And blah 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 blah. So it, that's that's the wonderful thing about theater is that you get that that uh, live instantaneous reaction. <laughs> So what are you currently working on now? Yeah. Um, so interestingly enough, I, uh, I I was just in talks the other day with a, uh, a theater in, in Harrisburg, PA, where I've worked uh, quite a bit, actually. I've won uh, or actually been nominated for two broad, uh, Broadway World uh, Best Actor. Uh, oh, congratulations. At the, at the, yeah, two consecutive ones, 2013 and 14. Thank you, Terry. And um, yeah. I, was, I was in talks with the director the other day to, to uh, star in a um, – a piece by Susan Laurie Parks, who is a uh, renowned African-American playwright. playwright. Uh, she has a very, very popular piece now called Father Comes Home from the War. And it's about an African-American uh, uh, soldier during the Civil right, uh, civil War. rather. Um, and so I'm in talks with the director uh, about starring in that production in the winter. Um, 
I actually have a web series that was just presented to me by a producer out of New York uh, a few weeks ago, and, and you know, web series have become very popular nowadays. Um, I've yeah. been a little resistant. I've been a little resistant to them, but uh, I mean, I know the producer well, and uh, um, and and you know, I, I I like the script, and so um, there is that possibility. And then this summer. Um, I'm looking at producing uh, a piece by Charles Fuller. Um, I would produce and star in the piece called uh, Zoom In and the Sign. And uh, Charles Fuller is most known because of his uh, piece, A Soldier's Story, which was a movie starring Denzel Washington and Samuel mm-hmm. Jackson in the early 80s. Um, so Fuller has this other powerful uh, Obie award-winning play called Zoom In and the Sign. And uh, I did some work on it earlier. In fact, earlier in the year I was cast in the production Unfortunately, the uh, production shut down because the uh, there, there was some uh, there were some issues um, uh, that the producer had, and the production shut down. And I, I said to the cast and the uh, staff that uh, uh, that I'd be interested in producing it through my company. And so uh, that's in the works right now. Oh, good, good. All right, um, I'm going to play another song, and then I'm going to talk to you about your voice over talent, and then we're going to get into that Obama, Obama, President Obama um, clip. (laughs) Um, I'm going to let you choose the song. You know what? I think Gun is an interesting song because, uh, you know, Gun is that, real quick, Terry, Gun is that song that, you know, if you think about what I portray as an artist, you would go, oh, that seems very left. But Gun is right on, right on par with, with uh, stylistically what I do. And Gun, written by Gil Scott Heron and performed by Gil Scott Heron uh, in the 80s, um, is so topical today. This this man was writing in the 1980s that everybody has a pistol and everybody has a 45. And where are we today in 2016, uh, where the issue of gun violence and guns is still very much on the table? Yes, it is. Unfortunately, yes, it is. All right, this is Gun. Yeah. Brother man nowadays living in the ghetto Where the danger showed up for me Well when he's out there at night He's got his head on right I lay you nine to five Brother man said he's afraid of cancer Boy put down that gun Messing with people just for fun So just last week he bought himself a gun Everybody got a pistol Everybody got a 45 And the philosophy seemed to be Just as near as I can see When other folks give up theirs I give up prices of violent civilization If civilization's where I am Shadow that I stop on, got a different kind of cop on. Killing about a million for Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam. Y'all hear me now, Uncle Sam. Saturday night just ain't that special. I got the Constitution on the run Cause even though we got the right To mend our homes and our lives Got to understand Get it in the hand about the gun Everybody's got a pistol Everybody got a 45 And the philosophy seem to be As near as I can see Another folks give up, give up, give up, yeah. I say, I say, give up, I say, da 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 da
Everybody got a pistol. Everybody got a forty-five. And the box is in the beat. Yeah, as near as I can see. When other folks give up theirs, I give up mine. Everybody got a
probably the biggest moment in my voiceover career came in uh, 2000, uh, 2011, going into 12, maybe, when I was uh, cast in uh, the Hollywood animated film Legends of Oz. Um, mm-hmm. and that, 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 in some ways, said I had arrived as a voice actor because uh, mm-hmm. uh, they had one role, and they auditioned around the world for this role. And the producers, um, the Hollywood PR company, rather, called me six months after uh, I auditioned and, uh, and and said they were happy to add me to the cast. Uh, it was a star-studded wow. cast. I mean, Kelsey Grammer, Jim Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, Megan Hilty, Bernadette Peters, Patrick Stewart. I mean, the list goes on and on. And to be one of the um, – to be cast as a voice in this big, big, big uh, Hollywood animated film, it, it, it changed my career. Um and it was it was really the pinnacle, or it has been the pinnacle, of my uh, my voice acting career. Wow! And who are some of your clients? Yeah, now you know. So now, Boomtown Casino, Center Life Healthcare. Um, I recently became one of the uh, the new voices for PHNG, which is one of the leading audio branding agencies in the world. I also um, just became one of the voices for Crowley and company, uh, which is a democratic political ad country, uh, company rather, in, uh, in Tennessee. And, uh, and in fact, just recently, um, uh, I have actually been asked to, uh, to audition for uh, the new Walking Dead video game. Um, they're, they're considering adding my voice to the cast. Uh, so, I mean, it, with voiceover stuff, it has just been it's it's and I, not to mention that I have one of the I'm represented by one of the top agencies in the country, um, mm-hmm. so that helps a great deal. And they're out of New York. Mm, okay. Now I mentioned that you teach. Are you taking on new students? Um, I am only for another year, Terry. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna stop teaching next year. I've, as you know, I've been teaching for the past five years. I I, I have this. Um, really vibrant online course. I have, right now I have about 75 voiceover students. Um, and uh, each fall I do a fall voiceover workshop tour, and I go to about seven or eight cities. Um, this fall will be my last voiceover workshop tour, and then also this will be the last year of me teaching online. But I will continue to mentor and service uh, my existing students. Um, okay. And right. you know, many students have asked, you know, why are you quitting? I said, well, because um, – you know, at some point, um, what I don't want to have is 500 students. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, my, mm-hmm. my, my life is crazy enough and my schedule is crazy enough. But I do, and you know this, Terry, I'm very passionate about it, uh, about helping my yeah. students. And, yeah. and I'd much rather have, you know, the 75 or 100 or 125 that I'll end up with and just work with them uh, exclusively as opposed to taking on uh, a bunch of new students. But I do have, uh, I am taking students for about another year. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Now let's listen to Leonard's impression, uh, impersonation of President Obama. Set up the clip. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I did a film called Turning Point uh, in 2011. Turning Point, um, uh, great, great film. Uh, in fact, it should be at some point coming to the States. It's been overseas doing well. The film, uh, uh, in the film, uh, is, there's Ernie Hudson, there's uh, Cinder Williams, there's Katie Albert, Todd Bridges is in the film. So I, I really had a great time working with these folks. And uh, the film premiered in London. And the director, I couldn't be there because I was in rehearsals for a stage production um, that I was starring in. But the director said to me, he said, Leonard, you know, I, I heard you do this Obama impersonation, and you got to do this. you got to actually give us a tribute um, you know, that I can play before the premiere in London. And so the clip that you're about to hear is, uh, is what I gave him. <laughs> here it is. So I'm uh, sitting here in the Oval Office. Uh, Michelle just brought me the poster uh, for a new film called Turning Point. Uh, it looks fantastic. Uh, some of my very uh, favorite actors, uh, Ernie Hudson. Uh, Ernie Hudson was the, one of the original Ghostbusters. Uh, Todd Bridges, uh, we all know him as Willis on different strokes. Uh, what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> and uh, you know, Senda Williams, uh, still beautiful. Uh, she was in the film No Better Blues with uh, one of my other favorite actors, Denzel Washington. Uh, so this looks like a fantastic film, and, and uh, Michelle and I just want to congratulate Ni Tawalawi and Hexcentric Films uh, for this achievement and uh, for their uh, London premiere uh, on December 12th. Uh, me, actually, uh, Michelle and I were planning to uh, surprise you 
Uh, unfortunately, uh, Air Force One is grounded, so it's more like uh, Army One right now. <laughs> but uh, we want to extend our well wishes to you and the cast and crew and all involved with the production. And it, it's interesting to me that as I look at this uh, poster, uh, a film called Turning Point, uh, I experienced a turning point in my life in 2004. You know, as you're uh, well aware, the 2004 Democratic National uh, Convention was uh, my turning point. And uh, with four more years in office, uh, this nation, uh, the United States, faces a turning point. So uh, turning points are quite familiar to me. So uh, with that being said, Nee, it's a fantastic achievement. And uh, I want to wish you well. I look forward to seeing the film. I, I'm hoping it gets to the States uh, pretty soon. I'm hoping to get Air Force One back uh, back in the air. Um, but uh, Nee, always remember something very important. And I want you to smile right now and repeat after me. I am somebody. I am somebody. Nee, thank you. And uh, best wishes to you, buddy. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> a lot of fun. My name is Leonard Dozier, and uh, I enjoy doing that. Um, I play Dollar Rain in the upcoming film Turning Point, and uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy uh, the world premiere. It's a great film, and um, you know, I think it's headed for great things. So enjoy the premiere, and see you soon. Okay. Spot on. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. That is so good. Has Mr. President Obama heard this? <laughs> well, I, I I came pretty close, Terry. Uh, Terry. I uh, um, know very well uh, former NBA player Derek Anderson and Derek Anderson has done some work with uh, President Obama's youth coalition and he was actually at an event with President Obama and he asked me to leave him a message um, portraying Obama so that he could play it for him um, mm -hmm. he never got he never got enough time with the president to play it for him so I was very 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 close very, very hmm. close to having him hear it. <laughs> wow, and that I've is done, awesome. I've done, a number of, I've done a number of impersonations of the president in, uh, over the last few years. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that is so spot on. If, if, if nobody knew who you were, they would swear it was President Obama. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, so uh, we have the new release coming up, The Soul of a Pisces. That's scheduled for release on April 20th. Um, you have any dates coming up scheduled for, um, you know, gigs, concerts, anything? Yeah, we have the release party May 6th, uh, which is going to be outside of Philadelphia, uh, not far from where I live, uh, and I'm really looking forward to it. I have a new band, and, uh, and we're going to play about possibly, Terry, about 20 dates over the summer. Uh, in fact, uh, we're just over the past couple of days have been securing some dates with some venues. Um, as you know, my schedule is limited, so I'll probably do, do most of the, uh, uh, the live album support this summer um, because as I go into the fall, I'll have a couple of other projects uh, and, and possi possibly another movie as well. And so uh, we're going to do a lot of performing over the summer, probably about 20, 25 dates. Okay. All right. Good. Ali in the chat room says you are good with the President Obama impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Ali. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's too funny. Well, thank you, uh, Leonard, um, for the opportunity you, to talk Terry. to you. It's been a pleasure, and um, we got through it with no issues at all. So I'm happy about that. And um, congratulations to you on the new release and all of your other endeavors as well. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. And, and, you know, Terry, I'm such a big fan of the show. And uh, keep doing what you're doing because uh, uh, music needs it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And it's been a pleasure knowing you. It really has. I've enjoyed um, knowing you. I can call you a friend. And, Absolutely. And um, I've enjoyed knowing you over these last couple of years. So, you know, thank you for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and the feeling is, is totally mutual. All right. Well, you have a great day, and um, I'm sure I will see you on the web, on Facebook someplace, probably adding another career along yeah. the way. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Sherry. Thank you so much. You have a good day. Sure, you too. <laughs>
All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was Leonard Dozier. His new upcoming release is called The Soul of a Pisces, scheduled for release on April 20th. Visit his website, LeonardDozier.com, D-O-Z-I-E-R. And he's also on Twitter at Leonard Dozier. Oh, and Leonard, I wanted to tell you that on Instagram, there is a Leonard Dozier on Instagram, um, and there's, it's a picture of a little boy. So uh, that's why I asked you if you were on Instagram, because I didn't know if that was you or not. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. So just so you know, if you decide to get on there, you'll have to, you know, do something different with your name. All right. Wow. Take care. Thanks, Terry. <laughs> you too. All right. <laughs> You've been listening to Coffee Smooth Jazz with me, your host, Jazz Queen. Thank you to Joe and Ollie. I will be in contact with you for your information to get a CD. You guys have a great day, and until next time, keep it smooth. Thank you for listening to Talking Smooth Jazz. Please visit our website, TalkingSmoothJazz.com and Mastermind-Entertainment.com. Join our Facebook fan and group pages and follow us on Twitter at Jazz underscore Queen and The Daily Grind. That's T-H-A Daily Grind.